Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Car Wash Magazine Live. I am... Not on audio. <laughs> I am not loud enough. I will be loud enough in a moment, I promise. <laughs> One, two, meet me outside, meet me outside. Here we go. Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast. Your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Welcome to Car Wash the Podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. I am Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine and your host on this adventure. Hey, did you all know that the latest United States unemployment numbers show the U.S. currently at 3.6% uh, national unemployment? That's after some 372,000 jobs were added in June. And now they also go on to say that nearly 80% of those in the prime working age population right now have a job. So when you think about that, that math doesn't quite add up. Uh, let's figure out why here. So that other number that you're looking for to fill that gap, that includes people who have given up actively seeking a job, some freelancers and gig workers, and there's some other stuff in there of why that number doesn't add up to 100%. All of that to say that we really need to turn our focus to ensuring that our organizations are great places to work, especially uh, for that next generation of the workforce, Generation Z. So in today's episode of the podcast, we're going to do exactly that. We've got George Hobson from Brown Bear Car Wash, Claire Moore from International Car Wash Association, and Sean Nordgarten from Waterway Car Wash joining us to talk all about how do we attract, retain, and train that next generation of car wash professionals. Have a listen to this episode. It was recorded live at the Car Wash Show 2022 in Nashville. Welcome to the panel, friends. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. All right. Hey, we're working it out. We're working it out. It's going to be fun. Okay. So I want to go right into it because uh, I want to focus this conversation really around three main topics. Uh, there's probably a fourth one. We'll get into that, but three main ones. Uh, we're going to talk about attracting. Uh, we're going to talk about um, recruiting those folks. Uh, we're going to talk about training them. Uh, so let's start down uh, here with George. George, uh, you've been in the industry for a minute. What are you seeing when it comes to uh, what makes your workplace kind of attractive uh, as, as an organization for Generation Z? I would say that probably one of the things that we're doing is we want to share the story of how we got to where we are today. That's probably one of the biggest things that, that we do. But it's, it's interesting you say this because we did not necessarily go out to attract Gen Z employees necessarily, but I'll tell you between Gen Z and millennials, that's 70% of our workforce right now in total. About 48% of them are Gen Z. And that depends upon what we, metric yeah, yeah. you're using yeah. as far as the year. Um, but it's, it's, it's a high number. And it's, it's a, you know one of the things that we're looking at as far as being able to recruit and provide the right resources that we can to, to find that talent. 
Yeah, and there's a little bit of carryover, right, from uh, the millennials into Gen Z. You started to see that transition into like wanting to be part of this bigger structure organization that's like having a big impact in the millennials. It's really started to shift. So, in in some ways, the recruiting or the um, the attracting part is just sort of morphing a little bit. But uh, Sean, I'm curious, what have you what have you been seeing? Are you do you uh, mimic um, kind of the labor force in terms of like the percentage breakdown? We're we're probably 80 percent Gen Z. Um, millennials are now grown up into our management and leadership levels, but yeah, we we our job has always been great for students and people who want and would like a flexible schedule. That goes all the way back to when I started many many years ago. But what we find with the newest generation is they're just super busy, way busier than I ever was as a kid and they've got stuff going on at school, stuff going on in their personal lives, and we have to be flexible for them. So that's been a big adaptation. We've, we've always been flexible, but even more so now. We have to be willing to accommodate and help these young people have well-balanced lives both in and outside of work. Yeah, and that's, and that's, a, that's a shift, right? In, in the way that our brains work and how we think about in the, being kind of a service-based industry, we feel like staffing for that is hard and, and make sure you have the right mix. So we we got to kind of turn the turn a little bit on ourselves. Claire, what about you down down at the end here? Uh, well, I think you know Gen Z right now has a lot of choice, and so um, it, the the changing uh, what companies need to do is become the employer of choice for this for this generation. And I think to what Sean is saying, having flexibility, being able to give flexible hours, work with those folks, give them a place where they can grow is really important. Um, but the job market is so competitive right now, and especially in sort of retail organizations, there's a lot of choice for folks of this age and generation that are going to offer them a lot of flexibility and flexible hours and whatnot. So I think the bottom line is you can't be the same. You can't be stagnant and recruit in the way you always have to. You have to be able to be flexible and think about you know, what these folks really need out of a, an after-school job or a summer job or what you'd be looking for. Well, that's a, that's a fantastic segue, Claire, right into, right into where I want to go next. So um, before we get into the, the, the next thing, we're going to get a little bit tactical in terms of like, what are we doing to recruit some of this uh, Gen Z population and what, what maybe is working for us in, in what is an otherwise pretty challenging labor market. Uh, okay, so the next part of this is recruiting. I want to know what are some things that, that we can do or what are you all doing uh, from a recruitment perspective to really um, take that choice out of it, right? Make, it, make, make there be no choice other than your organization. Sure, one of the things that we're doing is actually promoting in our job posts that we have online. We are taking advantage of the fact that we can say that we have benefits that are available, we have a wellness program that's available for employees, a great tuition assistance program that's available starting at 90 days, um, as soon as, you know, after they've been hired. And, and it's a great amount. So there's, that's one of the things that I think we need to do is promote whatever benefits we have. The other thing that I think is important, at least during the new hire process or the application process, is the way that we filter or look at individuals and their qualifications. We had been using an integrity survey and it was paper-based, you fill in the blank type thing. Well that doesn't work nowadays. Yes, yeah. So we switched to an online uh, assessment that's actually done, um, it, it's almost um, like a game. And so it fits to that, that generation. It's, it's almost like they're playing this game online and what it's doing is it's assessing their customer service skills. 
And so the idea, we, we switched our focus from integrity to looking at customer service. The integrity piece we can look at, we can ask questions about, things like that. We want to make sure that they can deal with and work directly with customers and, and have a positive experience themselves and provide a positive experience for the customer as well. Yeah, that's big. The gamification is a big thing, and we may talk a little bit about the risks of that too, but uh, Sean, what about you? What are you all doing at Waterway that's kind of working? Yeah, we have four core areas that we use to attract talent. Referral network, that's huge, and that always always has been, but we, we drive that hard. We build relationships with the schools and the community in which we operate. Um, that our pitch to the school is what can we do for you? And we have scholarship programs, mentorships, um, support the school boosters clubs, whatever we can do to support the schools. And then our hope is that the teachers will then help us network and refer their students when they hear somebody's looking, looking for a job. So that's been great for us. We've doubled down on our tuition reimbursement, um, made a very substantial investment. We actually pay tuition reimbursement starting on day one. Wow. Uh, and we've re removed a lot of the barriers that made it extra complicated to, to join the program. So uh, we found that to be very successful. And then we have, you know, everybody's got devices and short attention spans, and we're trying to figure out how to live in the new social media world. And um, our, our HR leader in Denver actually was very excited about us starting a TikTok oh my. <laughs> page. Uh, so we're on TikTok, and we've got some really cool videos that have been produced by our team members. Okay, okay, all right. So TikTok is like my new favorite thing to try to figure out. So um, how are you using TikTok in like a way that doesn't like make you terrified of what it's doing to your brand? Yeah. Yeah, so before we made our official page, we had some, and they're still out there, some pretty questionable videos where employees are talking about how fun it is to work at Waterway on a rain day because you know you can soap up the tunnel and slide down the tunnel and so <laughs> we've had to pull a lot of that in-house so we filter now we we've, we've gone out and we've recruited a couple of key team members who are, are strong with it and we use them to help drive our messaging and then we have at a higher level an approval process just to make sure we're we're controlling our channel gotcha so for the record don't just let uh, everybody go out and TikTok to your page. That's what, get some guardrails. Guardrails matter, friends. Um, <laughs> Claire, how about you from a, from a trend perspective, are there things that, that you've seen uh, with, with Generation Z that we should be doing or looking at in terms of recruiting techniques to make us stand out? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, Generation Z or any generation right now, it's just so competitive out there to get talent that you have to be competitive with your packaging and your compensation plans. That's kind of the basics, right? So know what your sort of minimum wage is in your community and you probably need to beat it. Know what your other competitors are, are uh, offering at, as, at their minimums and make sure that you're at least a dollar or two above that. I think that's kind of you know, table stakes for everybody. You know, past that, I think particularly this generation, more so than the others, when they're looking for a job, even if it is just an hourly job that they're going to be doing after school or over summers or whatnot, they want to be able to see a path and they want to be able to see and understand a way to grow within that company. So right up from the very beginning, being able to show them what that career path could potentially look like, um, how they might grow within the company, and being able to outline that for them, even in the interviewing process, I think is super important. And it will ultimately, hopefully, help with retention if you do find a good employee that you want to hire. 
Um, along with that, I think training them becomes also really important. So they need to know that there's going to be an investment in them and their skill set um, and an abil ability to learn while on the job in order to grow while they're on the job. So though those th things seem like you know things that you have to have within your organization, they need to be talked about in the recruitment process because Generation Z in particular is really looking for that. They're really looking for a company that's going to invest time and energy in them and help them grow within. So let's talk for just a moment about the employee um, kind of development path. We like to call it a, a journey map, an employee journey map. Did Sean and uh, George, do you guys have, have those in your organizations? Yeah, we do. We have career paths, not just for management and leadership, but even our hourly associates. Um, it's our feeling that when an employee comes to work at Waterway, um, during their time with us, we want them to grow and get better. We understand that the very large majority of people that work for us aren't going to retire with Waterway. And so it's important for us to make sure that we're providing them growth opportunities. So at every level, you always know what your next step is. We have a curriculum. You work through the curriculum. You move up to the next level. Everybody has the opportunity to grow um, really in an unlimited fashion as long as they um, apply themselves and, and um, fit who we are and what we need. We're big believers that we're stewards of the lives that are in our care. Yeah. And that's why we exist. We exist to help develop and grow our people. And that's important for us, for our success as a business. I love that. Well, and that, and that transcends, right? That, that, that is exactly what this particular generation is, is looking for uh, above all else. So uh, George, what about you? You guys have a, a, a employee journey map? It could be better, I'll say that. <laughs> it's, it's a bit, I'll say, a, a bit disjointed. It's all there, yeah. but it's just a matter of getting it to that next level, and that's one of the things that we're working on now, um, using online opportunities with videos, and uh, through our payroll provider, they have curriculum that's available for us to use to help with our management level, um, as well as taking advantage of the, the lead program that's yeah. been developed by the ICA, we've, we've just started using that, over, well, it's been almost a year now. And it's one of the things that's helped us to see our assistant managers and above grow. We encourage our site managers to do a lot of, you know, they do that on-site training. So we have various checklists that they use, but I'd like to see us get to that, you know, using more online and in particular things that are available mobile yeah. That, that I think, because Gen Z is always doing this. And so it's important, I think, that we move to that level. Well, yeah, even, even from a uh, messaging perspective in terms of like email, right? It's hard to even communicate. Uh, I think when we were preparing for this, it's hard to even reach them with benefits information or like onboarding stuff because email is, is not really a preferred method of communication. So um, let's go into the training side uh, real quickly here. So I want to go. Um, Walk on this journey with me, friends. We attracted the best talent we could uh, in Generation Z. We have, um, we've recruited them and they've made it their choice to be with our organization. Now what do we do with them? So we got to train them. So I want to go down and I'm going to start with Claire first here. From a, from a trend perspective, what kind of, um, how has the training landscape shifted uh, specifically for this generation? 
Well, I mean, the first most important thing to remember with Generation Z is that they've never lived a world in a world where there hasn't been some sort of device or electronic in front of them. Um, so they are very, very electronically savvy people. And so they're used to learning on computers, on tablets, on mobile devices, and that's, that's how they engage with the world. So um, when creating content for them and, and giving them training content, it's got to be kind of short spurts of information that they can get wherever, whenever you know, they need it. They want it immediately, all the time in front of them. And so, um, you know, especially with e-learning, you might think e-learning doesn't really have a place for in the car wash environment, but I think there's certainly a way to kind of reinforce training. And with this generation too, they want to be able to take in the information, practice it, come back, get some feedback, and then you know, kind of re-remind themselves what they've just learned and go out and then practice it again. It's not a traditional training process where it's kind of like, here's the information, go out and go get it and go do it. They really need to kind of hone their skills and get feedback. Feedback is really, really important to this generation. They want to be told constantly how well they're doing and how much they're learning and get that constant feedback from the people that they're working with. And so I think when you're designing your own training internally, think about how you give the information, let them practice, let them come back to you, get some feedback and then continue that process throughout um, so that they're they're kind of constantly in a training position. Yeah, and that, and that goes uh, against probably what a lot of folks are used to in terms of how maybe you were trained and how you came up in this industry where it was sort of like, here's your book, or maybe you didn't have a book, it's here's Sean. Uh, Sean, Matt's going to follow you around for a few days and hopefully he gets it figured out. Hopefully he can, he can work out. Um, what are you seeing in terms of training? Like how are you all kind of modifying your approach? So I spoke to our development program. As you move up through our development program, you become a mentor. Yep. And so we officially train people to be trainers, and that's part of that development process. So we expect that our new employees are going to spend, not just stick with, stick with somebody and we'll forget it, we'll check back in in a couple of weeks. We have a curriculum that they're expected to follow through their first several weeks with us to really make sure that they're comfortable and getting the follow-up and training and coaching that they need when we found that to be very successful. Yeah, yeah, how about you, George? As Sean said, we have that as well as far as working on a uh, level of training that's done day one over a two, three, four week time frame. The big thing is making sure that you get constant feedback from the site manager, from the assistant manager, or as Sean said, the mentor. And in some cases, I'll tell you, the mentor can also be that new Gen Z employee as well. The, and they, they end up teaching you an awful lot as well. So I think you need to make sure you have that cross balance. Okay, so um, we've got them here. Uh, we made it really attractive for them to be here. Uh, we've trained them. They're just rocking and rolling. How do we make sure that they don't go to the competition? George? I think the biggest thing is to, again, share that story that how you got here, how we ended up getting here, what it's going to take to make them to be a part of the team. And the other piece is be upfront with them. Let them know this may not be the most glamorous job, but it's a job that will teach you skills for life. And the important thing is the opportunity for you to grow. Our hope is that you'll remain with us and stay with us for a long period of time. But we've got to make sure that they understand that there, you know, there may be other opportunities out there. But our goal is you are a member of this team. 
we want to make sure that you stay here and that you contribute and be a part of the team. Well, and let's be honest, you've been at Brown Bear for a long time. Sean, you've been at Waterway for a long time. Claire's been at ICA for a long time. I've been at ICA for a long time. So we're like the choir here. We like we want people to stay around us. So, uh, Sean, how about you? Yeah, so we, as an organization, we, we talk a lot about four key questions that our employees are continuously asking themselves when they're making a decision to stay or to leave. And those questions are, am I making enough money? Am I being provided with the skills and training that I need to be successful? Do I enjoy what I do? Do I like coming to work every day? And do I see a purpose? Do I see where this is going or, or why I'm here? What's the bigger picture of what this is doing for me in my life? And if someone answers no to any of those questions, they'll leave. And so we are on a constant journey to figure out how we can make sure that our employees are always able to answer yes to all of those questions. So we survey, we do um, a polling of our team multiple times a year to get open-ended feedback and ask them where we can be better. We ask them, is Waterway the best place you've ever worked? And if not, why not? And we ask, would you refer Waterway, a friend to work for Waterway? And we develop, we have an NPS score, but it's internal as opposed to external with customers. And that's how we help gauge our opportunities for, for growth and improvement. And we always are pushing hard to make sure that we're able to to do right by our people. That internal NPS score thing, that, that's really cool. Uh, could you, like, 30 seconds or less, can you like give us an explanation? Yes, so we ask, would you refer Waterway? If somebody scores on a scale of one to 10, would you refer a friend to work at Waterway? If you, they give us a nine or a 10, they're a promoter. If they give us a seven or an eight, they're neutral. And if they give us a one through six, they're, they're a detractor. You take the percentage of people who gave you a nine or a 10 and subtract the percentage who gave you a one through six, and that gives you a net score. So similar to um, the customer service score, it, it's a really good gauge of are you ringing the bell with, custom, with your employees? Are they raving fans? Are they, as I've told people on our team recently, are they gonna go get a waterway tattoo <laughs> on their shoulder? Um, and the employees who, who we say bleed waterway blue are the ones who are giving us nines and tens. And they tell all their friends to come work for us. Um, we, we want as many nines and tens as we can get. Perfect. Well, we won't ask where your waterway tattoo is. We'll, we'll save that for another time. Um, <laughs> Claire, how about you from a, <laughs> from, a, uh, from a retention perspective, what are you seeing trend-wise that's really helpful? Yeah, I think a lot of what we've talked about. So first, primarily, show them the path. Continue to talk about what that path looks like, how someone can move up through it. Build your bench. Let them know kind of where their promotion possibilities are and how they can build a career with your organization. Um, we talked about providing feedback. George mentioned it again. Always provide feedback constantly, consistently. Ingrain that in your managers that are working with these folks that providing feedback is super important. And make it both ways. It has to be both ways. You've got to be able to give feedback to them on their job performance, and they've got to give feedback to you about how they're engaging with your company. Um, and, and most importantly, I think it's engaging those employees in the process, right? Having those conversations and being able to understand why your company is a great place for them to work or why not, and being able to take some of their ideas and be able to implement them. Um, I think Sean said it, you know, you're not gonna be able to retain an employee for life, but you can lengthen the time that they're gonna have with you and you can help improve that person's life while they're there. So having that mentality and, and will help your retention. 
tons of great stuff, tons of great stuff. So this is why I love doing these panels because um, they're always with lots of really smart people. And it's a, it's a really nice reminder um, that, it, that you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because I'm learning tons up here. So this is great stuff. Uh, we are out of time for this particular panel, which makes me super sad. Uh, but we've got some more conversations coming up for you all. How about a big round of applause for our panelists up here today? Really nice job, really nice job. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.